I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. You know what I'm feeling really excited for? Go on. Puss in Boots 2. <laughs> oh, sorry, advertise everything. Oh my God, I can't wait. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House, hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to have a mixture of stuff, some good stuff, some very bad stuff and some fun stuff. But first up, we'll briefly talk about Leandro Trossard's move to Arsenal and Manchester City's win over Spurs. Then we'll talk about two troubling stories from this week. The John Yems racism case and the Sarah Bjork Gonazdottir maternity pay case. Finally, some fun stuff though, as we talk about Avatar 2, which we all saw this week. And my guests are... Flo Lloyd Hughes and Carl Anker. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hello, Carl. You okay? Everything cool? Carl's in the big smoke in the big city. Yeah, bro. I'm really annoyed at the price of everything. <laughs> Welcome back to hell, yeah, my man, friend. No. We missed you. I'm a true pint. Good. Everything cool? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's the good. The New Year started well for you. It has. It has. It has. I've got my... my. Uh, I keep thinking about the World Cup final every now and again. Mm. So... This is in a good way or a bad in way. In a good way. Great. So okay. this is this is what January twentieth recording. Mm. So two days ago, I had the whole like World Cup finals a month ago. Mbappe's second goal was so good. That thing while I like, brush my teeth and I go, man, Mbappe's goal was really good. Or that mm. second goal from Argentina was amazing. Uh, or, I was thinking of the, the what's it the, the guy who scored the penalty, Montiel. Was mm-hmm. it? I just because I, I saw a picture of him and did you see somebody posted something about Messi just before he was going to take the penalty, Montiel. Messi done those words. This might be it, Grandma. Because obviously his grandma got him into football. Oh I nearly God. burst out t- into tears again. I don't know what's wrong with me. So you just see Messi's mouth say the thing and he goes, scores a penalty and then he just goes on his knees. It's just, it's beautiful. Mm. Football, man. It's beautiful. Guys, Trossard, I'm delighted with this. I'm very, very happy with this simply because, you know, we were willing to spend that money on Mudrick. I really hope that Mudrick does well in the place of chaos at the moment. You know what I mean? Hopefully he can find the ability that's got him there. I know he's, what's he I mean, he's got enough years in his contract to wait it out and find out. He's got time. I just hope it works out for him. But for us to be able to get a player like Trossard at that age, ready to go, Trossard could play, he could play against United. 
with, with he could play against you like so and, and he could come in, he's ready to go. He knows how to play at home against you, he knows how to play away in this league. And I think where Arsenal are right now in 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 what they're trying to do this January is fucking in it's it's vital that they get it right with the signings. Mm-hmm. Vital because with all due, I'd have loved Mudrick to come there because obviously future and how good he is and what he could become. And we're excited about that. But we need now. Yeah. It needs to happen now for the players that Arsenal are bringing in. They need to be able to come in and contribute right now. I think in terms of a plan B, this is really good. You know, Trossard isn't... So like when you know when you accidentally do something, you think, my God, we've got Trossard, look at great. And we could have done that. But this is... It's, it can work it easily. Can, it can work. It can work. It is... You know, it's that Christmas rush where you, you, you're trying to get that very expensive present and then right, you know, when you're in the aisle on the way to pay yeah. for it, you're like, oh, Trossard. <laughs> yeah, I'll add that in. That's not bad. That'll, a little bonus. Yeah, that'll do. That'll be something else. But I think that's what's interesting is it's not actually someone that, that Arsenal were linked with at all and then obviously he gets left out of the squad at Brighton because of some mm. sort of falling out and then the rumours start escalating quite quickly and then within two days, it's like, right, it's a done deal. A, pr- a very good price of 20-ish million up front, mm. some add-ons that mm-hmm. go up to maybe, what, 25? Yeah. But the thing with it is, Flo, is um, for me, with Trossard, I think that with Mudrik, it was uh, the signing that, w- yes, it's a great signing and he's meant to be amazing and, you know, what I've seen of him, yes, he could be that. But I think that what has happened now, the realisation is, wait a minute, everybody, let's just calm down and not go off track in what we're doing because we're actually right on track with what we're doing. Trossard makes sense the money's 90 grand and the fact that he has to come in even if Arsenal had to go to a place where um, they have to pay more for someone like Trossard on a weekly basis I don't think that matters in the grand scheme of things simply because you have to make these decisions and and and, and Trossard coming um, and Trossard I should say being able to go somewhere else when Arsenal need that type of player that age that experience it's, it's, it's something that the players as well for me the group they will welcome in someone like that because they will look at him, Flo, Carl, and they'll say, yes, man, yes. I don't like playing against him. He's this, he's that. They're not worried about that kind of money. Arsenal at some stage, Flo, I do agree, will have to go to that level. But then obviously that comes after they get the trossards of this world. You know, the parts, it's all the players that we've got now to take us to that level. Then you try and go to the next level of player. And then, then we see where we go from there. But I think that we've stumbled, we've stumbled on a really fantastic deal for us. I think it's it, it's a show of confidence and a boost. And yeah, okay, the money perhaps is a little bit more than what Arsenal would have expected to spend on a player of that age. But at the same time, you know, they say trophies are forever, right? You and know, that's yes. the market right now as well, actually. No like, one's going to be thinking like an accountant if Arsenal do the thing that they're in the hunt for mm-hmm. and Trossard contributes. And there's a very good chance he will. You know, Trossard he's not the great dribbler or the mm-hmm. explosive dribbler that Mudrik looked to be but in terms of plug and play yes. this guy's going to do a he's job gonna and do he's going to be depending, depending the money on. what we could have spent on Mudrik as well um, there's money now mm. for something else that might pop up like this we don't know if something else can pop up in this way but um, you know I, I just feel that it, it's just going to be a great signing I'm happy about it very very happy about it because I think it's a sensible thing to do it's like when you look at like when City and when 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 City started with the with the money they, with, with the monies they bought the Jolien Lescotts, the Gareth Barrys, that mm. kind of signings, and the same what Newcastle are doing. They're buying that kind of signing that get you past, get you to a certain place, and then you go to the next juncture of what you're trying to achieve, and then you say, right, we're going to have to up the levels now. 
And that is what I believe that we're on that same path. We cannot get dragged off simply because we, I think if we can go on to win the league, everything changes. Because remember when I done my, when I went and met Edu and Mikel at the, at the ground <laughs> and then I was saying to, and I kind of said to him, yeah, man, because I know there's certain things happening. I know there's signings and people took it, just took it and ran with it. Like mm -hmm. I've, I've given them inside information, but I know for a fact in the way that they're thinking, it's exactly like they're doing now. They're buying that player that knows exactly what we need to do now. And then when we blast, because there's agents ready with top players, right? That's why we probably yeah, just, the, that's why the, we probably just yeah, missed but, out on Jao Felix. Yeah, but the issue I have with the agents ready thing is when you look at what's happening across the other side of London, the agents are like, sorry, guys, I don't care if you've got Champions League football, me and my client are going to get uh, paid if we go to West London. Well, that's the, well, that's that's the thing. The, that Champions yeah, League decision. football means nothing if yeah, you can make that, a fortune the for the, your whole entire life. Yeah, but Arsenal, I would do that. I, ideally, Arsenal don't want that that player and if that's the agent's um, mindset Arsenal can't afford to have that player who's more interested in okay I'm going to have to go for the money whatever the circumstances are everybody you know what I mean where he's coming from especially if we're going to talk about Mudrick everybody needs money for whatever they need it, it for and that is an unbelievable that you're going to take the deal but with Arsenal and the players that they that they are um, they, they should and, and are targeting are players that can come in fit in a group and have the mentality where this has got to happen now I'm ready to go Whereas Mudrick would have been a, a future signing, which I'm still disappointed that he's he's, yeah, he's not yeah, here. Yeah. You know, if he, if he's somebody that, who knows, maybe 18 months time, two years time, if he hasn't blasted like they expected him to blast, you know, we might be able to nick him off of him. I don't know. You know, maybe that might be the best way for him to come. But like, at the same time, I just like where we are and I like the thinking of of, of Edu and, and, and Mikel. Vina has to get a mention as well. Simply because don't do anything that's going to take you off the path, I don't You said think. it best. Sensible. It's a sensible transfer. And yeah, at a time, especially in the genuine transfer window, mm. with the amount of fees you see quoted, to be able to, to, to be sensible says a lot. Barcelona, or at least when Barcelona were sensible, mm. there's, there's a phrase in Catalan which says you have to stick your head in the freezer mm -hmm. before you make a good decision. Cool off a little. <laughs> cool bit. off, man. Yeah, don't, send, <laughs> don't send a text at 2am. Put your head in the freezer. And they, they, pull, they put their head in the freezer on uh, with, with that deal for Modric and... Yeah. They came out of it, I think, better off. Yeah, they put your head heads. in the freezer and coming up with, with, with Trossard. At a time, you know, we're, we're recording this on, on a Friday morning. If the paperwork gets all done and confirmed by lunchtime, 12 o'clock, he could be available to play against Manchester United on Sunday. And, and, and you know what, Carl? He's ready to go. Yeah. He can do a job. I'm a bit frightened now. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, what, what do you think about Sunday? What's going to happen? I think... So I was at Sellers Park. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm against Palace and Steve McLaren's reaction when Casemiro got booked was said a lot so McLaren yeah. sort of sat there and Casemiro gets God, booked God I keep forgetting he's there Steve oh McLaren's on his, God, and he, he like that. slumps into his chair seriously proper just like wow. like he's missed his bus like oh no yes. mate <laughs> he's done that <laughs> no. and I think his reaction said more than anyone else's reaction right. when the equaliser was scored against Crystal Palace right and you know couple of United fans were half-jokingly mentioning the T-word and whatnot and saying, yeah, we just got to get past Palace and then we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe against Arsenal and if we've got Casemiro, then we can blah, blah, blah. And Casemiro's not there. And there, there's been a bit of a scramble. I've heard some interesting tactical ideas floated by United fans, right, right. which shows, I mean, we were saying in a group chat before about, you know, Manchester United versus Arsenal in a game of potential title ramification. Mm. There's like an old part of yes. my soul 
That's come back to that's life. Woken yeah. up, bro. Yeah. That's it hasn't been. It hasn't been around it's, like, it's like the good old days. It's exactly like the storm. Like, oh, it's been a while. But the thing is, as well, Carl, it's that I like the fact that you, you've you, okay. You've got City, Tottenham, all the all the team. Everybody's out of sorts somewhere along the line. But I can't wait till everybody can get themselves in line because when those teams all get together and they're all fighting for it, people think that the league is good now. But if people can get it going and, and get back to what they were, United seem like they're coming back. Newcastle might get there. Arsenal look like they're going to get there. Man City will always, they'll recover and get there. You, I don't know what's going to happen with Tottenham, and I'm not saying that disrespectfully. And then Chelsea, once everything settles down, the league will be amazing if they all get it. Mm. Of course. Right, because that, that's what you want. You want all those teams fighting and playing this great stuff. I think that people underestimate what can happen if they think that the league is oh, the best league in the world. You know, if those teams get it right, yeah. my God, it will be, it will be amazing. That's want, when it will be you good. You want a proper old fashioned. I want I, them all to be like that because you want to be playing against the teams that are the best in the time you say, yeah, when we won it, oh my gosh, remember them, remember them, remember them. Remember. That's what you want. Absolutely, absolutely. This uh, Arsenal team is... So I think that you're, you, being Arsenal, are approaching a critical mass of talent. Uh, so you, you look at the City team of 1819 and 1920, okay, well, if you stop Kevin De Bruyne, oh mm. God, Bernardo Silva's going to get you. All right. yeah. Well, if you stop both of them, then, oh goodness, Carl Walker might get you down wide. Oh, well, if you do that, then oh, Aguero might get you still. Oh, well, then you can stop them. Oh, Gabriel Jesus will get you. And then you think about this Arsenal team and now you go, all right, Martinelli, you can stop Martinelli this way. But if you stop Martinelli that way, then that leaves extra space for Saka. But if you leave extra space for Saka, then there's all that space in the middle for Odegaard. Like, okay, then you, you do that. But, oh, but then Zach can get And then you're like, how do you... Mm. One of them's going to get you. Yeah. And mm. that is the best place for a team to be where you know you've got three or four weapons mm. at any point in time who are firing. On Casemiro, Carl, I know he's been immense. Do you think the reaction to that yellow card and the almost disaster of like, like the the timeline was just going crazy. It was people like, oh, we've got no chance now. <laughs> do you think that is a bit OTT, or do you think like he is the glue that com- that holds that whole team together? And without him, they will be completely lost on Sunday. Ten Hag calls him the cement between the stones, mm. which I think is a really nice description. Uh, and he's been really important, not just for the defensive stuff, but I mean, his passing has been far better. Mm. I don't watch the Liga week to week, but. His ability to win the ball, look up immediately and go, I'm going to ping it up top. Yeah. It was far better. It's so important for the counter-attack. This is where Man United are really impressed. In terms of, is it a disaster? I think if you're Fred or Scott McTominay, I'd be so angry right now. Everyone's like, oh, it's useless. (laughs) We've done this. Or they'd be saying, you know, I've heard people say they should move Lissandro Martinez from centre-back to play defensive midfield. Or we did a thing at the Athletic and someone went, oh, we should play Luke Shaw at defensive midfield instead. I'm going, if I'm Fred Scott, I'm like, hang on, no, I've done five seasons at this football club, nearly 150 appearances each for these two players. I'm going, put me in. Let me let me have a go there. Like these are Fred and Scott McTominay are not five-time Champions League winners, mm. but they're still They can do a job. They're still Premier League <laughs> midfielders, right? Mm-hmm. In the top half. These are players that have finished in the top four more than one occasion. Uh, and I think, yeah, if, if I'm either one of those men and I'm reading, you know, I'm reading newspaper stuff mm-hmm. and reading stuff from Man United fans, I'd much rather have a left back play in central <laughs> midfield than you. I'm going, okay, I, I, ju- don't, I don't need any extra wheat mm-hmm. picks today. I'm fired up already. You know, you know I would say um, is, is that uh, it, 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 it makes a big difference if he's not there. Mm-hmm. And if I was in the Arsenal dressing room and Casemiro's not there, I'm just going to be quick on this. Um, I'm feeling a little bit better, especially when you look at the way Arsenal are playing. When we play them, the the last time when they beat us, we made a couple of mistakes and they, they punished us rightly. 
um, but we played well in the game. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing with Arsenal at the moment, in all the games that they're playing, they're playing to the plan. And, you know, players are informing the plan. So then what happens is you've got to try and stop Thomas Part, You've got to try and stop Erdogan. You've got to try and stop Martinelli, Xhaka, Saka. You've got to try and stop them. You know, Ben White, you know, Saliba. Everybody's on good form. So Arsenal are confident playing the, 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 the style of football they want to play. So it's up to the other team to now come in and stop them mm-hmm. and stop players that are on form. And I think that Casemiro would have probably been able to, to, to really help drive that. So it's, I think it's an opportunity for Arsenal to take advantage of the fact that a top player is not playing. Yep. We have to give him that. He's a top player. And Arsenal need, for me, at home, to win the games. If, you, if, you're, if you're going for the title, home games, you have to win. You can, if you win away from home, fantastic. You can't lose away from home when you get to this stage of the mm-hmm. season. You have to draw or win. And at, at home, you have to win. And this is why I feel a lot more confident going into games at the moment because they are playing well. So it's gonna, I'm just going to see what, what, what Man United and Ten Hag bring. So I'm looking, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. High quality for sure. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, Man City Spurs. Um, I was really fascinated with um, Pep's interview afterwards. Obviously, we could talk about the game, but it was interesting to, um, to, to listen to his interview afterwards because I found it fascinating. But the game itself, um, it's, it's really strange because I'm watching it and even the way Tottenham scored their two goals, there's nothing in the game, all, in all that 45 minutes, what made me think, yep, Tottenham are going to go on to win this game. It's mm-hmm. one of the most confident I was that a team in the second half is going to come and beat them. I've, I've, you know what I mean? You, you know when you just get the feeling where you think, this game ain't over. And people would have said that because obviously City are at home. But this feeling I had towards this um, outcome was stronger than I've ever had it. There's no way City are losing this game because I couldn't see what Tottenham were doing. Couldn't see how they were going to attack, attack City, keep City off them. They, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They can't play through the midfield. You know what I mean? Son's coming deep. Harry's coming deep. This, everything's breaking down. You know, Bentoncourt, I think at the moment, I remember there's one time last night I saw him get on the ball and he had to try and go he's down by, by the right back spot just by the 18 yard box and he got the ball and he started to run towards the left of the pitch and nothing appeared for him mm. nothing and in the end City then closed down and I was thinking I don't know what they're working on I don't know what I, they're doing Tottenham yeah it's that it's the lack of of strategic planning or vision that is so baffling because they get their goals through pressing mm. and we know that under Conte, you know, fitness was crucial when he came in and he's made them a lot fitter and he wanted them to be hardworking, intense and press well. And it's like, right, beyond that and beyond now chasing the ball like a bunch of eight-year-olds who've never, you know, played 11 aside football before, I don't understand. It's like, okay, if you're going to nick the ball on the edge of the box and score, fine. But mm. beyond that, what, there's yeah. no build-up yeah. play. Yeah. There's nothing. And it's... 
it's when you are going to be playing against City, even if you nick mm. those two goals like they did, mm. there's got to be a vision beyond that, right? thinking, right, if we have the ball, yes. let's hold on to it, yeah. let's contain it, and let's try and craft some opportunities. Let's not be silly in possession. It's in possession. Mm. I, just, I just don't yeah. get it. It was um, like it, There was no plan. Mm. It scored so early in the, in, the, in the second half, and you, you're always thinking, when you're going in and you're 2-0 up, first thing you want to do is you say, right, no stupid mistakes. Let's manage the game. They have to come to us, which I thought would have been perfect for Spurs. City are going to come. They have to do the 2-0 down at home at half time. I'm thinking, okay, Spurs are just going to like low block them and just like break with Son and Kulishevsky and that. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't have no way of managing how they were going to even frustrate City for 15 minutes to even get the fans on their on their case. So then all of a sudden... Exactly, back, you had the fans in your pocket. Yeah, they were yeah. booing at half-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that to your advantage. Ready to go. Ready to go. And they didn't. They didn't do it because, like, I don't think they can. I, I, I don't think they can do it. And we're, we're talking about Spurs as, well, they're making a counter-attacking team because they don't manage the game. They don't build up through midfield. You've got a goalkeeper, a World Cup winning goalkeeper, who at the moment... He's got I, the yips. He, he's, he's, he, he frightens me. He, he's you got know? the yips. He frightens me. He looks like somebody that's... That's just really bereft in confidence. Jonathan Liu nicked the old boxing phrase about how uh, the boxer grows old in the ring. But, you know, heavyweight boxers, they just get to a point in the career where they've just taken too many punches. Mm. And yeah, okay, you might have been a champion before, but now you're making basic errors mm. that, mm. you know, the rookie boxer doesn't yeah. make because yeah. they're, they've got it all up top. Mm. Whereas now he's just like, you, he looks yeah. old. Mm. Uh, and weary yeah, yeah weary that's the word <laughs> for it and weary. Weary. It weary and it's the captain as yeah. well so it's, if, he's, if he's bringing that across the whole pitch it's just so disjointed and we were talking about um, this in the group last night about what happens here from now what mm. does Conte do because does he hold, hold out to the end of the season and then go I guess or does he go sooner than that I don't know but he's been this, offered a new deal I don't. They're approaching. They're approaching, a, they're they're approaching they're a point place, where yeah. it could be renewed, or mm. they could all shake hands and say, "This is done." Because this, of the this was the man that they wanted mm. years ago. They didn't get. Yep. Then they finally got, and it was like, right, everything on this now, and it obviously hasn't worked out. The players look tired. Mm. There, there isn't a sense of direction. So, where do they go from here? I, I don't know. He's, they've, he's spent money on players he wanted now. I, I just I For, just don't know. Something I found interesting was Pep's interview after the game. Yes. So he was talking about Arsenal and he was talking about the gap, how long it's been for Arsenal to win a, won, mm-hmm. won a title. And he goes, if you look at Arsenal, he goes, the only people who've won a title are Arsenal are Zinchenko and, and Gabriel. Mm. And he goes, and yet they kill every action. Mm. He goes, here, not so much right now. I, mm. I'm doing the fake Pep accent. <laughs> I've <I'm> just, <laughs> just realised, like, why am I sounding like Pep? Uh, and he was talking about, uh, I mean, he, he called... City happy flowers and he went uh, Julian Alvarez Nathan Ake and it, it was this really interesting bit where he said he goes is it a lack of balls from City and he said no it's not a lack of balls it's a lack of love and, and it's this really interesting concept of being good at a certain level in the top four of the Premier League isn't enough you, know, mm. you can have the right yeah. plan you yeah. can have the right tactics you can be really talented at this and you can do it this to, to 80% 100% yeah. but if you're not doing it with like this intensity, intensity and fire you're not going to win the Premier League and you can get too cosy if you've won it two or three times. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting point he made about how Arsenal are the fight. They've got this dog in them. <laughs> I, I, you know what I got from it? It made me think, um, 
Pep himself now is in a place where he's pondering and thinking about what's going on here, man. Losing our drive, our, our, our determination, our, our intensity. Even our fans are booing us at mm-hmm. halftime knowing what we can do. They've lost something that he needs to find back. And I think it's almost like, I think I heard um, Micah mention that he, it, was a, it was scathing. I don't think it was scathing. It felt like a more of a, Come on, man. Light a fire. It was, yeah, it was a call to arms. Yeah. It was like, I need arms. you. Give me something you know more. I mean? That's, but that's why that was. result is so important because mm. it shows to him and the players themselves that they do have it. If yeah. they had lost that game after the results they've had, the defeat to Southampton in the League Cup, you would be seriously thinking, right, it's not going to be our season mm, yeah, because yeah. a lot of this group are coming towards the end of their cycle with me. But I think that game has been a real marker in their season and why Arsenal should still be pretty frightened because it is they're giving him signs that they do do still have the fight and they can turn these things well, that's around what I was, that's this what is I their think, uh, yeah. Rocky 3 moment mm. yeah. you know there's the bit They've right at the start of Rocky train. the bit of Rocky 3 train, man. where, where Mickey, Mickey goes to Rocky he goes the worst thing that ever happened to you happened to a boxer he's like what he goes you got civilised you got civilised <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, exactly like, yes. this is what Pep's going exactly. Pep's going we've got civilised for a little civilized. bit we, we need, need to, to get hungry you need, need to, to go, go find Apollo Creed find Apollo Creed go in the swimming pool learn to dance the, the, the sprinting on the, the sprinting on the beach they've yep. got to do, they've got to do whatever gives them that because what we saw with them is is that in the second half they just went bam ability wise they just went bam four goals it's down to five points now of course if I'm asked I'm thinking okay it's five points so we we have to beat United which I've said you have to do at home but I think that if he does that call to arms in the dressing room and they sit there and they listen to what he's saying then we're going to see a different city in the next couple of games, we will see it because they know how to chase. And I think that this is exactly what the Arsenal, a young Arsenal squad need. This is what you need. You need a good city. I want to be a good city. I don't want to beat the city where people are talking about, yeah, but they kind of weren't right because Haaland came in and they couldn't find I want to be a, a city that is a city that we know. Iron sharpens iron. Thank you. So what can I say? John Yems. Um, and the ruling. For those that don't know, John Yems, uh, ex-Crawley Town Manager, was the subject of a FA investigation set up by an independent regulatory panel that uh, several counts of... I think there were 18 charges in total. Mm, 18 it was. And f- 15 or 16 went to the panel in yes. the end. Uh, and of racial abuse and, racial, uh, and discriminatory actions. And he, he was... One of the conclusions of the panel was he was deemed uh, not Unconscious, a conscious, consciously racist. Yes, which it wasn't. It, is um, what does that fucking mean? Yes, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's what we say. Let's say that you know you you read in the report and you're going, okay, well, what did he say? And you click the button and you read the things he said and you uh, these are abhorrent things. <laughs> Unbelievable. John Yems has said mm. abhorrent things absolutely. over a course of a very long period of yes. time mm. as yes. well. He 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 he's likening likening Muslim players to making bomb jokes towards mm. Asian players. He's talking about jerk chicken and black players. Zulus. He, he's using Zulus. He's, he's doing uh, that thing that there's this joke about where something happens that is so racist that you can't get mad because you're just so bamboozled yeah. by the brazen racist nature of it. It's, mm. it's, it's shot when you read the, mm. the, the case, which you can, you can read the full judgment. It's got qu- literal quotes from the players and the witnesses in, mm. which, in which the report concludes that none of these players were lying about it so it concludes that, there's, that it happened uh, it, it's shocking and it's it's like 
awful and disgusting to read. And then you combine that with the conclusion that he was not consciously, mm. whatever that means, racist. Oh. It's that's the that's the thing. It's Flo. absurd. It's ridiculous. It's a, why, why is the panel passing um, character opinion? That's got that's not what they're meant to do. Just judge it on on the, on the facts that they, that he had there. The facts and the fact that people saying that they came in, they were credible witnesses. Of course, he's got his own story. And I heard his um, interview on a radio station. See, he's making references back to the sixties about mm-hmm. you know. We're to, that's that's where his mindset is. Um, people talk about education. It doesn't make any difference. This guy's gone through every single thing in respects of saying he's been to different countries. He's 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 been he's dealt with different cultures and everything like that. And he's still doing it. What it reminds me of, and what it made me feel, is how those players felt in this time. Mm-hmm. Is how Cyril and the guys seventies, eighties, how these kind of jokes were the jokes that you just have to carry on with them and people say things like, ah, oh, come on, you've got a chip on your we shoulder. We love you, really. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that kind of joke, which are, for me, the most racial because they're doing it, they're doing it in a way, people who are, who are doing it are doing it in a way where they know exactly what they're doing. Even the way he said Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know, that for me is just That, that is very brutal. conscious racism. Exactly. It's brutal and what he's doing. And so when you listen to him, I just think to myself, Again, I'm just feeling for those guys. I'm feeling for those guys. And they're talking about, oh, yeah, they're released and they, because they weren't good enough. It doesn't make no difference. It doesn't make no difference. This guy has ruined those guys in, in respects of their careers and how they are. People talking about they turn to drink and stuff like that. People don't realize the enormity of the mental like strain you get as a footballer in a dressing room when that kind of racial vibe is happening. It's it's really bad, and it's you're you're under a lot of pressure because if you do say anything, people then they kind of like put you in that corner of like yeah, but he's yeah, don't say anything to him or watch out, right? He's coming or a bit chip on his shoulder or don't make jokes. The party's the vibe. Yeah, you're 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 it. Bec- you become the problem because you have the temerity to go treat me like a human being. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I I also listen to part of that. I don't even know what to call it on the radio because it was an apology. Mm-hmm. There was very little show man, t- man turned into the victim, the way he's yeah, speaking. You'd think was, he was the victim of there something. Is, there is a very odd phenomenon where a person is more offended up be- about being called the racist than doing any of the effort of understanding yeah. what racism is. Mm-hmm. Now, you can say con- conscious racism, whatever, of he's not aware that what he's doing is racist. Mm-hmm. I'm going by what he said on the radio. Mm-hmm. It really seems like he has no idea that what he's saying and what he's doing is offensive, is offensive and abhorrent. And mm-hmm. he, he doesn't seem to understand. He genuinely doesn't see people like you and me in mm-hmm. on the same level as him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand why that's a problem. And that is deeply, deeply concerning mm-hmm. for the job he has. And it makes him unfit for the job he has. Right? You, can't, you cannot be a football manager if you think, based on someone's skin colour, they're not as good at something mm-hmm. as someone else of another skin colour. That makes you bad at your job. It, that makes you bad at your job. That makes you bad at being a football manager. Mm-hmm. And for, for whatever independent regulatory body or the FA to go, he's not aware of it, so it's fine. It's, it's, yeah, that's the kind I, I think, I think, I think as well, I mean, I heard uh, a player who was... Um, who talked about an experience he had with the M's in the 90s. So this mm-hmm. is not, you know, this is, as you said, Ian, this is impacting people's lives mm. for decades and is, is ruining their lives and ruining their careers because of the actions of an individual. And the way it was written up as this is okay because it, cause of his jocular disposition. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, jocular, they kept mentioning the fact that he's a jokey character and therefore all players should understand that it is 
banter and that's how it's perceived. And I think there is, I think it's extremely concerning, like you say, to dismiss this it, like they have as, you know, it was clearly banter, it was clearly mm. gags and the, and the players should have understood that. And lots of people have been quick to jump in and say, this panel, they're separate from the FA, it's independent, but they're appointed by the by FA. The FA yeah. It's FA. a three-person panel, but they still represent that institution. The FA's name is on the top of that piece mm-hmm. of paper and therefore they carry responsibility. And in, in, in my opinion, that, that ruling came out in November. Mm. There's been plenty of time to go back and reconsider yeah. and you know, do another hearing or appeal or whatever it takes. But all the FA has done is come out with a statement saying mm. it's an independent panel with nothing to do with it. That is not good enough. Mm. They are the overall governing body. They are the most powerful institution for football in the UK, potentially in Europe and potentially even sometimes the world because mm. we know how much power they have. And that is not good enough. They've done it with other players before. We saw what happened with Eni Aluko and mm. there have been zero lessons learned yeah. yep. and it's happening time and time again and you are ruining people's lives and it's not good enough. And if that is not a wake-up call, then I don't know what is if they're just going to stand there and say, nothing to do with us, it's an independent panel because it's going to keep happening because that is now judicial because you can look at that and now when new cases come up, that will be the standard that they hold things by. See, the thing as well, Flo, is that they don't realise the um, the long-term damage that this is doing. We're literally going back to the 70s and 80s in respects of come on man it's jokes people have now got an, it's a get out of jail free card well that's the ruling yeah but I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm not saying it in that way I'm, I'm, I'm not consciously racist I'm, I'm unconsciously racist whatever that means I don't even want to go deep into that but all it does it just, it just brings us right back to the stone ages with this man it's giving people the opportunity to do it again we're not clamping down to make people understand that this has long-term effects. This has long-term effects. Those, those four guys, um, what, what are they telling people? What are they telling young people? that Why, are you, why aren't you playing football no more? What happened to you? What, 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 what are they telling those young guys? And so then he, they're going to have to tell their stories. And then all of a sudden, it's back to where mm-hmm. it was. You've got to stop these things. You've got to clamp down. That's as simple as it is. I just would love to know about these people, these independent people who go into... These rulings and after, uh, after, um, like to preside over these rulings and come up with a fucking a ruling like that. Unconscious. Another way of saying ice banter is jokes. I, I'm like, no, I just, I, I was unconscious. It's that, it's, it's that he doesn't really people mean another it. Excuse. It's so sad. The idea that he doesn't really mean it, which yeah. completely ignores yeah. the result of the action. Mara has written a fantastic piece on verses, and anyone listening to this, I highly recommend you check it out about how, I mean, he just calls out everyone, just saying football needs to just do a lot better and stop excusing racism. There's so much tokenism, man. I swear. And, and this so idea of much. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean it. Just think about how many careers or how many possible football talents we've missed out on because there are loads of really talented football players that go, you know, I can't, just can't do this dressing room stuff. I can't mm. do with the jokes about X, Y, Z. And we keep saying, oh, why is it taking so long to make progress in women's football? Why is it taking so long? Like, where, why have we taken so long to get our South Asian football players? Why has mm. it taken so long to get um, more black people in the boardroom of football? Like, this is why instances like this from John Yems and the fact that he has been protected essentially by some of the oldest institutions in football. Mm. This is why you have problems like this. Mm. 
And people people are trying to say now he's been on the radio and, you know, he's embarrassed himself whatever, saying, oh, but he'll never work in football again. I promise you that man will get another job. Mm-hmm. I promise you that because it happens every single time because we do not see the players, staff members, anyone protected because people are having to relive their trauma over and over again in their daily workplace. And if that had been, you know, I know lots of companies and HR is not reliable, but if that had been in lots of other places of work, that man He's would not be working. Yep. Yeah. Not fo- and he wouldn't, he'd, be, he'd struggle to get another job. And I think football holds itself up to a completely different standard. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, it's completely ridiculous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was one grim story, Flo. And Gunnar's daughter, Leon. Yeah. It's been... When I read that, Flo, I was, I was just constantly reading it. I hope people get to read it. I was constantly reading it, hoping it was getting better. It's such a, such a tragic, tragic story in respects of how she was treated. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good piece that she's done on the Players' Tribune. She's now at Juventus, but she was at Lyon when this all happened. But in the Players' Tribune, she talks about what she went through when she told Lyon, the club she was with at the time, that she was expecting a child. And uh, in the Players' Tribune, she talks about how you know she'd agreed with them to go back to Iceland. And there had recently just been a FIFA uh, you know, regulation mm. come, to come in about maternity rights for yeah. players. And, you know, she thought she had access to that. She disappeared to Iceland to train. She was still Mm -hmm. training, but on her own and prepared to give birth. And she said she cleared it all up with Leon and then she didn't get paid. Mm. And uh, Leon essentially said, we're abiding by French law. We're not abiding by FIFA's rules and we're not going to pay you. She used the support of FIFA Pro to eventually get paid. She had to go to tribunal, Mm. but it all ruled in her favour and she got her money. But... All her relationship with the club was completely destroyed. Destroyed. She said, you know, no one would talk to her. And Their own doing, the club's own doing. And they are held up as one of the biggest examples mm. of, mm-hmm. you know, supporting women's footballers. And they're still saying that now in response to this. They're saying, look, we've supported another player recently through her pregnancy. This is, you know, we're not the bad guys. But I think it just shows, you know, we've had an, a, an issue as well in the WSL recently. Emma McCandy, formerly known as Mitchell, she recently got married, recently had a baby. She was at Arsenal for a while. She she had her baby while she was at Reading. And she did a podcast recently and spoke about similar-ish experiences. Mm. You know, it it wasn't around pay, but it was very much, she felt like it was really hard Mm. to, you know, be a mother in football because she felt like she wasn't very well supported and she felt like she had to you know, hide or lie about her pregnancy. She spoke about faking an injury and things mm. like that. And Reading have come out and said, you know, we tried to support her the we best we could. But it just shows that although there is literal legislation that should be supporting these players, there is still such bad attitudes. And we it's see just, it in, you know, daily life around mm. away, as well, especially in the media and sports media around, you know, women having children, women being mothers and not being supported. But it just shows in football too is that, you know, people are fearing for their careers. You know, the thing is with it, of course they're fearing for their careers. Cause can you imagine being um, a player, like obviously a woman player, and you're, you're in a relationship and you're just going about your normal life. And then the one thing that can frighten you more than anything else is getting pregnant, which, is, should, be, which should be something that once it's, once it's found out, and then that is when you're closeted. That's when you're looked after. Mm-hmm. That's when everybody, that's when you're at your most fragile because obviously you're carrying a child, you're, you're, you're carrying a life inside you. And she was petrified. And what was really sad for me is when she, that, how 
nervous and how afraid she was to tell her teammates. Mm. And so when she did finally tell her teammates, she, she obviously got, oh, well down here. But in the main, it was more a case of, oh my God, what the hell are you doing? Mm. That was the reaction. And that's the vibe she got. So all the time she's doing it, she's still... It so was a shock. It was the it reaction was, it was of shock. Sh of shock. And, and, you know, instead of saying, okay, this woman needs to be protected. And, and the laws are there and every, the rule are there to protect her. So she's just doing exactly what she was in her right to do. Mm -hmm. You know, she went back to Iceland so she can have her baby come. But she's ready to come back. She was training. And the way they treated her, stopped paying her, what she had to go through to get her money. You know what I mean? And what it, what it made me do, I'm going a long way around. What it made me do is think about just being a man and just getting on with my life and being a footballer if you're a woman you've, you've got to think about not only I, I can't get pregnant now because I'm in the prime of my career and this and that thinking about stuff like that when you've got to be playing football at an elite level mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the greatest thing in your life that can happen to you that's what you want having a baby happens to you and you are petrified I can't honestly I, I don't even know how to put myself in her shoes because I can't I just feel so sorry for her and I'm I'm hoping that off of the back of this story, people will step up to the plate in respects of how they're looking after these ladies. People should, you shouldn't be a footballer and being worried about getting pregnant and how that's going to affect your life in, and, and not your, your life with your baby, your football life. That should be something that's like, okay, no problem. You're going to have your baby and you come back and then, you know, if you come back fit enough and strong enough, bam, you're back in the team. You know, it's just, I, 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 I was really, really saddened reading it. It was baffling. It baffling. really, and, really but it, saddened But it goes me. back again to football, you know, treating itself like this completely different entity that doesn't need to abide by traditional regulation. Yes, maternity rights are different all around the world. In the UK, we have pretty decent maternity rights. They could be a hell of a lot better, mm -hmm. but they're better in the US and it sounds like they're a lot better than France too. But FIFA has put the regulation there but clubs are basically saying, ah, we're not going to abide by it. We're going to do our own thing. FIFA and the bodies. Leon, what do you gain from yeah, this? Yeah. Well Neg done. A lot of negativity. Well done. You don't, play, you don't pay one of your players' wages. Uh, now look, you look like complete they fools in front of everyone. I, I just, it, it is one of those decisions where you read the story and you read who's decision makers and you go, I know what that room looked like. I yeah, know. You, you yeah. can tell who the people in that room who decided to come up with that just, very casually cruel decision. Yeah, yeah. Just purposely, purposely being cruel and nasty when it could have been for so no different. reason. Because remember, we're talking about uh, who wants she wants to come back. This is it. She's doing everything to come back. Mm. And you know what? It's really sad for Leon because whatever they do now, um, that's a, that's tarnished them for me simply mm -hmm. because I'm talking about a club that I respect highly in the what they've achieved, winning this team in the, in the Champions League women's unbelievable last season what they done with the, with the Barcelona and how you know everybody talking about Barcelona the new gun coming and then Leon just like just put them boom back in their place and that is how I think of Leon a brilliant bastion of brilliant football and brilliant women and the way it's right and then this Shocking. this is what I think you, you mentioned Leon I, I think about Gona's daughter yeah. I think about her now they've brought that on themselves they brought that on themselves you know and I just hope that this then entails to make sure that other clubs fall in fucking line because you can't do that to people. No. It's just fucking wrong. Sorry to swear, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. 
My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Okay, before we go, it's been quite heavy. Has it been heavy? Sorry, everybody, if it's heavy, but that's what, that's what you're going to get. That's life. That's exactly, that's life. So we're going to bring it to you. But on a lighter note, Avatar 2 flow. Oh. <laughs> right. so me, it's me, a long film. Me, it is a long film. So Carl went to see it over the weekend. Right. Last, so last weekend. Friday. Right. Yeah, last so Friday. I saw Carl put on his Insta story saying, I really enjoyed this. And then I messaged saying, um, I'm going to go see it next week. Looking forward to discussing it on the show with you. I will try and do no spoilers. The first thing I want to say is, if you are going to go watch it, go and watch it in 3D. You've got yeah, to watch absolutely. it in 3D because that is the best thing. That's the USP is spectacular 3D visuals. I haven't watched a 3D movie in years. I actually forgot that they were still doing them, but mm-hmm. it's worth the money. But it is so damn long. I haven't watched a film that long in the cinema since Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the right, Rings one. Right, okay. Right. That is so long. I got into the cinema at five. And I left at half eight. Did you need a toilet? So much of my life had changed in that time. <laughs> I came out and everyone was like, Son is is finished and, and done. And I was like, what? How, what? What has happened? I went for a wee just before it started. And okay. I was like, I started needing a wee towards the end. And I was like, nope, you're going to power through. You're going to power through it. But I, that's the first thing I have to say is, very, very long and you could at least cut an hour of that. So James Cam- they asked James Cameron, um, how do you feel about people who go to the toilet? Like, When's a good point in your film to go to the toilet? And he said, you can go to toilet whenever you want because you're going to watch it again anyway. And you're like, yeah. wow. I mean, James Cameron. That man is confident. James, I mean, when you've made as much money as James Cameron, yeah, you, you can, you say can what talk you want. your stuff. Apparently, so the story when he pitched Aliens 2, apparently he like went to a whiteboard in front of uh, 20th Century Fox. He wrote Alien, mm-hmm. then put S for Aliens, and then turned the S into a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his pitch for making that was his a sequel. Pitch. Yeah. Like, but the thing he's is, he's made Aliens two, he's made Terminator two, he's made Titanic, he's made Avatar. Like he's he's a. What did you think though? Okay, is this it's, can, <laughs> is this a spoiler? If it is, Ryan, cut it out. Oh, one sec. Hello, this is Ian Wright. Well, my very that lives in the ether, warning you that we're about to talk about something that contains spoilers. If you haven't seen what we're about to talk about, proceed at your own risk. There will be spoilers. 
Okay, back to the show. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. All right, cool. let me let me go into it okay, then, right? Okay. The first thing that really cheesed me off, okay, <laughs> and I told this to Carl this morning before we start recording, is Sigourney Weaver, and mm. if you've watched Avatar 1, you may remember that her character, the doctor, the mm. kind of like scientist, biologist, mm. she dies, but she gets twinned with like the spirit tree in the first one. Mm-hmm. So she ends up having an immaculate conception. She's like the Virgin Mary of mm. Pandora. Yeah. And and um, Sully uh, and uh, what's his wife's name again? Natiri. Natiri. This, this is also the thing about Avatar. I forget all their names. Yes. Name. yes. Um, so they end up adopting this um, this child, this immaculate yeah. conception. But for some god known reason, Sigourney Weaver is playing this, is voicing this yeah. child. Yeah. So it's a six year old woman's voice in a what fifteen year old's body, yeah. mm. and it is terrible. It's Awful to watch. And that for three hours made me cringe so Mm. hard. You can't do that. It doesn't work. I know it's a six-year-old woman and I know it's Sigourney (laughs) Weaver. Mm. And it's such a high-profile actress as well that I just, the whole time I was thinking, this must be contractual. She must it's put in her first Avatar mm. contract, even if you kill me off, bitch, you will pay me and I will be in the next three. Because it may, what did you think about that? I thought it was so dumb. You know something, it's one of those things that in the end, um, you know, you I kind of get blast for it because I'm I'm sitting there with Lola and Rocks as well, and like you know, they're just like blown away with the the the, the 3D. It's amazing the 3D and the, the the CGI. It's amazing, but like I I didn't I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that bit. I wasn't really fussed about the Sigourney Weaver bit. I was more fussed with I wanted more in the story. Mm, it was just a bit of repeat it's as just, well. Yeah, it's, it's the just, same again, like, Jeopardy, the same yeah. plot. Why have you brought back the bad guy from the first one? Yeah. I'm brought there and brought the bad guy back and then, you know, he's, you know, I'm just going to say, and then uh, he's an Avatar guy, so he's even, and then all these SAS guys around him, they're all Avatar, Avatars now, so they're coming hard with their Avatar powers. The SAS and then, Avatar and then can I just keep making me and then laugh. Can I tell you the one thing, <laughs> the one thing, in fact, yeah, I'm going to have to give you a spoiler. Here we go. The the, the the little boy. Yeah. The little spider. Oh spider. my God. Oh my what God. What the fuck? <laughs> so the guy who was, so we remember in Avatar 1, we haven't seen no relationships. We haven't no. seen no yeah. nothing like that. So all of a no, sudden. As far as we know, no one procreates in these films. N- no. And suddenly it's like, yeah, they're yeah. having sex with that one. Yeah. She's <laughs> having sex but with him. But the thing him. with it is. They the, just the had a magnet conception. <laughs> what? But Flo, the thing with it is, is that, I hate that because every time he came on the screen and then this spider's meant to be his son and everything like that, I'm confused because all I'm thinking is, so who was you with in the first one for you to have this one? And why, and why isn't, if he's with the Avatar people in the Labrador, why isn't he an Avatar? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like, and then does he rat him out? Don't he rat him out? He saves his dad. Does he yeah. save his dad? It was just like I was thinking, I don't like it. I didn't I want it to be like yeah. this. Anytime Spider was on screen, I was I wanted to throw popcorn at the yeah. screen. Which I you know It was oh. very Tarzan-y as well, his whole vibe. Very it Tarzan-y. was just really very boy Tarzan. Like, young yeah. Tarzan. Yeah, young, young Tarzan. I was like, come on, do something original. This <laughs> film and you know, I have to admit, I only watched the first one about a week ago. So mm. I wasn't <laughs> first I never, one was amazing. I never watched it in the cinema, which I was really disappointed in myself in and that's why I never watched it on TV because I just thought it can't be the same but it was original it was ahead of its time in terms of the technology mm. even the concept yeah, with climate amazing. change the environment at its core that was very ahead of its time but now it's like right okay you've got to push beyond that you can't just give us young Tarzan in 2022 mm. yeah. 2023 that doesn't work anymore long, there's, there's like young Tarzan and there's like a whole like 45 minute bit where I just, I just I'm watching Free Willy again exactly like 
Yes. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing, is it with the whales? I'm doing the save the whales. I mean, the whales are beautiful. There's a there's genuinely a bit in the film. But it's gone back where, to saving the whales, where isn't it? Yeah. One of the characters, you know, having some trouble underwater and the whale saves him. It saves him. I'm like, okay, cool. And having a chat. And I'm going, I'm a, and I, you have to think of, can can he understand what the whale is saying? And yes, then subtitles can. pop up for the whale. Because why not? And I'm going, I've got whale subtitles whale, here. Whales. You know what? This, yeah, but you know what James point, That might have been the point which the studio should, should have said, James, whale, whale subtitles, subtitles for whales. Are we yeah, sure that's what we yeah. want to do? Which is, <laughs> but it's also the thing of, this. these Avatar films are ridiculous. But you do have moments where you forget how ridiculous they are. So like, like you said, Flo, yeah. the 3D is amazing. There was a bit where they're walking through the jungle while I was watching it and I did stick my hand out to, sort of <laughs> yes. put, to push like a leaf out the way. I remember when I once went to watch... Because um, it was got, amazing. I went to watch Shrek 3 with my mum in The View in Acton now and it was talking. Shrek 3D. Yeah. And she's so funny because those kind of things make her feel really sick. So I don't know why we went. But in the first bit, a pigeon flies out of the screen and she literally dodged it. With her head. And I was like, "Hun, it's not real." But yesterday, I I get I'm so easily jumped, and some of those jump scares they do where someone pops out of nowhere. I was yeah. bouncing on my chair. Yeah. I was really like, I was trying to push push this leaf out of the way in Avatar two because it's so pretty. And okay, and like, no, I'm not I'm not on Pandora. Like, calm down. And there's another bit where we'll, we're going to see this. another one, aren't we? There's Avatar two three's more, coming three out. and four. four I think. I'm not. I'm not um, See, now that, again, it just, it just reminds me of, what can I go back to? Probably Terminator. First mm-hmm. Terminator was, it blew me away. I, you know, when I was in the pictures when I was younger, I, I, my jaw was on the floor because I was, the, the scenario was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then it went to the second one, which I thought, they've done it, man. It's fucking done. Liquid Terminator, <laughs> fuck off everyone. Just leave me alone. And then... They go to the third one, Flo, wait a minute. They go to the third one, they change it to a woman Terminator, and then we, in, the, in the second one, we had a fucking liquid Terminator, yeah, yeah. and in the third one, when her arm got chopped off, it just shot fire. Yeah. I was like, fucking, I'm out. How, we, we, we regressed from the first one to the second one to yeah. the third one. She just shot fire out of her arm, and I'm thinking to myself, this is yeah, but you know Watch what, the Matrix, the same. You know what's coming, though. You know what's coming. It's going to be... Spider and his dad, Colonel Ponytail, whatever. Versus... Oh, they're not going to turn into like fucking. Yes, you know that's coming. Darth Vader and Luke yeah, it's yes, on the bad it's side. That's coming. It's coming. You know that's coming. That's the whole setup, and it's that's what's really frustrating. Is you watch three hours for a setup for exactly. More movies. It's boring. Apart oh. from the technology, everything actually is very predictable. Very standard mm-hmm. plot line. Yeah. Very standard ideas, good versus evil, everything. And that's what I think is so frustrating and disappointing is like, it was a very long film and all you're giving me is the same stuff same that I've stuff. seen in and other films. And some beautiful, films. And some beautiful and underwater some beautiful scenes. Beautiful 3D. Beautiful 3D. And then, can I just say about the, the, the Sigourney Weaver character? She had powers. Yep. She had powers. And she <laughs> <Is> just... <that laughs> She had powers. She had powers. She done. She done. She done. Because I don't want to give too much, <laughs> but she used it once or something. Yeah. And I was like, you know something. If she I used it when, more to hang out with the fish than anything. I'm not joking. Yeah. If we weren't, because we uh, we watched it in Qatar, I mean the girls and that. And I'm I'm not. If I was if I was on my own, I feel like I could have left the cinema. You know, my brother left. <laughs> my brother went to see it. He's he's just had twins. His first like solo uh, cinema trip in years. He went to see it because I was searching through the WhatsApps on the 29th of December mm. and he texted after an hour and was like, I had to leave. It was so bad. I can't believe <laughs> I wasted my man. money on that. 
Okay, so I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. So go it. and check out Avatar Two: Way of Water. <laughs> and um, you know, James see Cameron, what you, if you you're know, listening. Hey, listen, listen. That's just our opinion, right? <laughs> but listen, go and see it because honestly, if you love 3D, that's the film for you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I would never have watched it if if we had another chat. <laughs> but can I tell you one to look that you have to watch when it comes? I'm listening. Dune. Dune. Yeah. I'm telling you, Dune will not disappoint. You know one film I'm really excited for? Go on. Puss in Boots 2. Oh, sorry, advertising every day. I'm not, I can't wait. I really, cannot wait. I'm really excited for Puss in Boots Have you heard the plot of it? Yeah. The plot, so the plot is, he's down to his last life. <laughs> he's got to go to somebody to get another eight lives or something. I cannot yeah. wait for this. I'm really that excited. That is the one. That's what we need. For Puss in Boots Carl, 2. you're going to see um, M. Thregan, also known as Megan, yes. tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to watch tonight. And I'm going to go, I think, watch it next week. So if you want to watch that, the robo doll, I'm who's like, it's like Chucky stuff, vibes. Yeah. You know what? I'll try and watch it. But I think I'm, it is PG-13 or 12A, so it's not going to be as bad as like an 18 but, but you know what frightens me now it's the thinking of something like what could happen yeah. mm-hmm. so that's what it, you know what I watched last night just because you know when you just quickly I, I know we've got to go soon but just quickly just because I wanted something just to, uh, stupid like I watched Ted 2 <laughs> it's like <laughs> just went to Ted 2 <laughs> that is real toilet humour literally so, it is so bad it's just brilliant listen <laughs> that, I think that's us guys I'm going to have to kick you out I'm going to go and watch a film <laughs> Carl, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Flo, thank you. Right. You busy you this soon. week? You busy? Uh, I am doing uh, Aston Villa City in the WSL, nice. and then I'm going cool. to watch QPR. Nice one. What about you, Carlos? I'll be covering United versus uh, Arsenal. And Ooh. oh boy, good luck <laughs> to everyone involved. Yes, and I'll mostly I'll mostly be um, commentating on well, um, punditing on Arsenal Man United. So you know, it's going to be a great weekend for me. You know what I mean? I'm going to be in the warmth as well. Because this is, you see this kind of, this kind of, I struggled when it was this cold in trade. <laughs> struggled at this stage. My toes used to be, you have to put Vaseline all over your toes and, oh man, but like, guys, don't worry about that. Coldest temporary trophies last forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it one. is. Okay, so that's it. Thank you very much to Flo. Thank you very much to Carl. And um, we'll see you again next week. Um, yes, a big weekend coming up. I'm very, very excited about it. Because at the end of the day, I'm finishing all the time with saying stuff about Arsenal. But hey, it's my house. So hopefully they can get it done because five points feels a little bit too close for me. But we'll see how it goes. Take it easy, everybody. I'll see you next week. <laughs>